joining us again or for the first time just a quick reminder that I am not a licensed sex therapist or um, a licensed sex coach I am simply a person who is interested in creating space for us to explore our sensuality sexuality and eroticism through conversation and inquiry We have some notes and links at the end of the show for resources, and we invite guests with their own expertise and experiences. We welcome love and feedback, especially when it helps us to be more inclusive. Welcome to our show. All right, guys. Tonight, we have a very special episode planned for you. This is the All About Pussy episode. So we're talking about pussy pleasure, particularly pussy to pussy pleasure, or pussy to pussy to pussy, whatever you're into. Um, But that is what we're talking about tonight, or today, whenever you're listening. Um, So when I was thinking about, like, Uh, doing this particular episode, um, I think a ton of things came to mind. Like one, I always like to do vulva-centered, pussy-centered episodes because I just think that there's a lot of work that we have to do in understanding like the full breadth of pleasure and being able to like advocate for it as um, people who are pussy owners and vulva owners. Um, But then also, you know, I've been, like I told you guys before, experimenting and exploring things. And I was thinking about my own, like, understanding of my um, sexuality and just, you know, some of the things that I've experienced in my life. And um, yeah, I thought that it would be good for us to have an episode that just talked about pussy to pussy pleasure. And so for those of you who don't know, um, I identify as a polyamorous pansexual princess. Um, And so (laughs) the princess part is very important. Um, I was, so I started experimenting sexually when I was in like, I don't know, middle school. And (laughs) I started experimenting first with women and um I never really like talked about it openly like I've always kind of um messed around with women and like had relationships with men um and like not always understood why but I don't know we're unpacking this ah 
so awkward. But um, I think so by the time I got to college and I actually started like openly dating people, I was dating both men and women. Um, and then I met my husband right after college. And so him and I were monogamous for um, like, I don't know, 10 years I don't know, eight or 10 years of our initial relationship. Um, but I always kind of like, uh, I don't know. I had this desire to continue um, exploring. And so we made the decision to be polyamorous, um, which again, many of you know, but in part because I had an interest in wanting to explore my connections with um, women, non-binary folks, trans folks, like um, just, yeah. So after we decided <laughs> that we were going to be polyamorous, I actually joined Tinder and <laughs> at first I set it to like only dating women and um, I don't know, it was so awkward, like I didn't match with anyone, um, it took like a, a whole week for me to get my first match. <laughs> And then um, when I got the first match, it was like some girl who was like, oh, yeah, me and daddy are looking for a unicorn. And I was like, no, girl, I'm into you. Like, I don't want that. So um, I don't know. That Yeah, it kind of failed. And so for the last few years, I've been like openly talking about my desire to like date and meet people. And I feel like I'm finally in a place where I'm like, owning my sexuality. I'm able to like talk about it. I'm experimenting and exploring and um, it's a beautiful place to be. There's also some like anxiousness um, and nervousness around like knowing what to do, making sure that like people that I am exploring with feel comfortable. Um, but it's also been fun, like learning people's bodies and, um, yeah, learning my own more deeply. So given where I am <laughs> as a baby queer, <laughs> I thought it would be cute for me to share with you some advice um, that I have been given from wonderful people on the internet who have been so excited for me to finally, um, yeah, start exploring more. So that is our show for tonight. And uh, the first topic that we're going to get into talking about is tribbing. Um, and tribbing is an umbrella term used for sex acts that involve one partner rubbing their vulva against their partner's body to stimulate the clitoris in order to achieve pleasure or orgasm. One of the reasons that I wanted to talk about tribbing is because like a year ago we did in my story, I put like a question sticker to ask uh, vulva owners to talk about their experiences with tripping. And a lot of people said that they don't really like to do it because it's uncomfortable or it doesn't feel natural or like whatever the case may be. Um, and 
yeah, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about it because I think there can be a lot of misconceptions about tripping and uh, a lot of them largely come from um, people watching porn and seeing the type of tripping that is really popular in porn. Um, and so I found this quote from a sexpert named Portia Brown that I'm going to read. It says, for a lot of us, our first encounters with tripping come from mainstream porn and it looks great. Porn is supposed to look amazing. However, a lot of those positions that porn actresses are using are meant to look good for a camera and don't necessarily actually feel the best or might not be the most sustainable for sustained uh, stimulation. <laughs> so... With that in mind, I did a little bit of research and I want to share um, three common misconceptions about tripping. All right. So the first misconception is that tripping and scissoring are the same thing. Um, and many people often use the words interchangeably, but scissoring is just one sex position. Um, two people rubbing their vulvas together with their legs interlocked, um, where tripping can be done in many ways. Um, one reason this is important is because scissoring, which is the most popular sort of style, may not be the most comfortable style for your body. So if you've tried it and you're like, oh, that's not for me, there's other potential uh, positions that might be better for you. One thing I think about a lot as it relates to sexual pleasure is mobility and accessibility. And it's important for us to be mindful of our bodies and their physical limitations, discomfort, etc. Um, especially for people who are vulva owners, I think that sometimes we accept pain as something that's normal during sex. But... Um, yeah, we should be mindful of our bodies and, and be looking for those places where uh, we find pleasure. And so I think on that note, like the first thing, if you're interested in trying tripping, is to find a position that works for your body and your partner's body. And this might feel a little awkward um, and vulnerable as it may not come naturally as it looks like it does um, if you're watching porn, <laughs> but it, the awkwardness, I promise, is part of the process. And then once you find that right position for both of you, um, tripping can be a very, very passionate and heartfelt experience, even like sacred. So, um, yeah maybe think of trying it. There's also like resources if you're looking for comfortable um, positions with your body. There is a, a queer Kama Sutra. There's a few different examples of it that you can find on like um, oh, Amazon or a local bookstore if you have one. I don't know. I couldn't find one there, but on Amazon, there's a few examples. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, next thing that is, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is like a misconception, but the next thing to consider if you're interested in tripping is lubricant. 
um, or engaging in enough foreplay as needed because with tripping, it requires a lot of friction. So you want to make sure that there's a lot of lubricant in between you and your person that you're tripping with. Um, and actually, so I was looking at research about tripping and research has shown that women or people with vulvas are 80% more likely to orgasm when lubricant is used. And so, yeah, give it a try. Um, I also have this great resource that goes over like different kinds of lubricants for tripping, whether it's like water-based lube or um, things that have like warming sensations or whatever the case may be. I'll put that in the show notes for you as well. Last thing to consider is, um, and again, it's not necessarily a misconception, but just something to consider is when you're interested in trimming, adding things like toys or props. So for example, um, doing sensation play and playing with things like candle wax, feathers, ice, anything that sort of heightens sensations um, and stimulates your clit even more because you want your clit to kind of be like throbbing and just really ready for contact and friction against it. Um, so and, uh, some advice that people have given me is trying things like vibrators when you're tripping, dildos, double, double-sided dildos, um, so that you have some penetration in there. We got some snaps in the studio right now. <laughs> but yeah, it seems to be clip vibrators um, and wands in between you and the person you're trimming with. That was also something that was brought up in our conversations on Instagram. So yeah, if you have the opportunity to give this a try, please let me know because I'm dying to try it myself. All right, next, I want to talk about the strap or strap-ons. If you've been following me on Instagram for a moment, then you know I've been talking and talking about my desire to experience a strap-on, and I can confirm that this has happened for me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but no, it's opened up a new sort of world of sex for me and I'm really excited to, to uh, <laughs> I'm getting nervous oh my god I'm really excited to continue experiencing it um, and to talk a little bit about some things that I've learned both from doing my research um, and from talking to friends etc um, so first and foremost Strap-ons, if you don't know what they are, are simply wearable dildos or other attachments that the wearer can use to penetrate a partner, um, and it usually consists of a harness and a toy or dildo. Strap-ons can be used for a variety of reasons, from vulva owners experimenting with penetration with their partners 
through vaginal sex or anal, or even penis owners who want to explore different anatomy or double penetration with their partners, and even penis owners who are experiencing erectile dysfunction. In this part of our show, we're going to talk about what to consider when buying a strap-on, mostly for vulva owners who want to have sex with other vulva owners, but you never know what you might learn. Um, Okay, so when buying a strap-on similar to other sex toys, you want to consider your comfort and anatomy, so finding the right one for you might actually take some time. But in the long run, it will be time well spent, and we're going to talk about some potential harnesses and penetrators a little bit later in the show. But first, I wanted to talk about some things to keep in mind when you're giving or taking the strap. The first thing that you want to consider um, is size. (laughs) So I'm giggling. I have to stop. (laughs) We're keeping this. I'm giggling. Get over it. Um, So When it comes to size, one of the most wonderful things about trying a strap-on is that you can choose a lot of things about the makeup of uh, the dildo or attachment that unfortunately people with penises don't get to choose when they're born. Um, One of the first things I have been learning is about finding the right size that brings me pleasure and even thinking about the size that feels like a good fit for my vagina Um, so before even like trying, well, no, that's not true. After trying it with a partner, I bought two dildos. Um, one of them is seven inches and the other one is eight. And I've been alternating between the two to see which one brings me pleasure. Um, and I might go up to nine and 10, but I thought, you know, I'll start here and experiment and just see if I can make it work. Um, so yeah, size, size, uh, for people who are partnered. It's obviously worth talking to your partner and seeing if the two of you can explore finding a dildo or a toy that you would like to use for your strap. And if it's economical, you might even want to consider getting two to three sizes to see which one you like best. Or again, like I did, you can experiment um, by yourself. Second thing to consider is the harness. So for those who want to wear the harness, you want to keep in mind that having a tight-fitting harness is really ideal for getting up in them guts. (laughs) And that when it's floppy, it could be awkward or even painful for your partner. Um, You may want to experiment with harnesses that are high or low waist, depending on um, you know, what's going to feel best for you. And then also keep in mind that there are harnesses that have buckles, adjustable nylon, there's double strap for even more control. Um, and we'll talk about some other potential harnesses a little bit later. Um, for people who are partnered, um, 
and both people want to use the harness, you and your partner might want to talk about getting an adjustable one that fits both of your bodies um, or whether or not you want to purchase separate ones and separate accessories to go with it. If you're not partnered, some additional things you might want to consider is purchasing a harness that can fit multiple dildos and attachments so you can explore with new partners. Um, you should consider also getting things like condoms, lube, and cleaning supplies to clean everything in between partners, including the harness. Um, but all in all, a very fun conversation to have and an exciting visit to the sex store. Um, another thing that I also learned when I was doing my own research on harnesses and attachments is that um, they have something called an O-ring that has a particular diameter. Um, and so you want to make sure that the circumference of the dildo or the sex toy you have actually fits into um, the ring of the harness that you got. So that's something else that you'll want to keep in mind. And I'm going to put an attachment that you can use in the show notes that has a guide for choosing a harness and list the O-ring diameters of each potential harness and sex toy. Um, the next thing that you'll want to consider is shape. Um, dildos, attachments, penetrative devices all come in different shapes and colors. Um, I've literally been going to the sex store for like 17 years, and I always find some new kind of gadget to play with my pussy. Um, some things to think about are, do you want a dildo that actually looks like a penis? Because they make plenty. And you can even get one to match your partner or your skin tone. Um, you can get one molded in the shape of a particular person's penis if you're into that. Um, and yeah, you could even peg your partner with their own dick if that's what you want to do. I don't know. I don't judge. Um, these are just things to consider. Or if you're not interested in dicks, you can get one that doesn't resemble a penis at all. Um, slight tangent, but something that I just learned from doing this research is that for many years, um, many sex toys traditionally made for lesbian couples have resembled the penis and new sex toy researchers and creators have been exploring the idea of making sex toys that really elevate vulva pleasure and thus uh, some of the new sex toys that are starting to come out take different shapes as a result of the findings of um, researchers. So I'm going to talk more about some toys that don't look like penises, but again, we're getting there. I'm coming to it. Um, the fourth thing that you can think about when getting your um, strap is the additional features that it might have. I'm thinking vibrating things, clitoral stimulation with penetration, double penetration. Um, material is also something that you can think about that factors into the experience and how it feels um, inside of you. Uh, you'll likely want to get lube and use lots of foreplay. Um, 
And considering things like whether your partner might prefer silicone or glass and the level of softness that it has to it. Um, To be honest, there are probably so many features just based on the fact that there are so many different sex toys and attachments. But this is something that I'm really interested in try in like exploring more. And I have very limited experience with it now. So we'll come back to this after I have become, um, I don't know, a strap goddess or whatever it's called after I've taken it a lot more. The next thing that you'll want to consider is ease. I'm talking ease of access, ease of getting it on, ease of understanding how to use it, all of those kinds of things. So again, here, consider getting a harness that can accommodate a few different sizes of dildos and that you're able to slide on and off without getting confused. It can be a little awkward in the moment if you haven't practiced using it before and can't figure out how to get it on, but it could also be part of the fun if your partner's into that. Um, It might be worth uh, doing two things. One, talking to a real person in a sex store to get their opinion on um, items that people have purchased like to go along with it or that elevate the experience of the strap that you're thinking of using. Um, It could also be worth it to find some ethical porn to watch that uses a similar style of strap so that you can sort of um, find your stroke. And interestingly, that's the last thing I'm going to talk about (laughs) is, um, yeah, Okay, so last (laughs) is to be open to exploration when you're getting into using it for the first time. Um, And just remember that, you know, different strokes for different folks um, and likely that all your partners are not going to want the same exact thing. Um, So communicating about exploration beforehand to figure out what is going to make that exploration pleasurable and comfortable for everyone involved is really critical. Um, From talking to some of my friends, I've heard over and over and over again that they purchased uh, several styles of either the harness or the attachments in order to figure out the right setup for them and for their partners. And that over time, um, they purchased even more things because they figured more things out or want to try new things. Um, So if you're like me, Um, you might want to save up just a little bit of coin, um, and be patient with your exploration. One of my friends told me that it took them and their partner six months and $200 to finally get the right setup. So it's an investment, but again, when you bust that first nut, it'll be worth it. I promise. Um, it's also possible to buy strap-on kits, which have all of the pieces packed out for you. And this could be a good place to start for beginners, but you'll likely want to switch things up once you get more used to it. Um, and so that brings me to uh, the next order of business, which is uh, recommendations for strap-ons. 
first and foremost, um, there is no way that I'm going to be able to go over everything um, in this portion. And I learned a lot. I mean, there are a lot of toys um, and I am very excited to go shopping and find the ones that work for me. Um, so I'm going to put a link in the show notes for resources because my girl, Jane Louise, I think that's her name. Um, she has this comprehensive, comprehensive list of like pros and cons on sex toys for strapping. That was just really informative for new people and experienced people. And I think that it will be a great resource. I mean, yeah, she did her, she did her work. She did. And she tried everyone too. So she was really doing work. Proud of you, girl. Secondly, <laughs> I want to reiterate that um, I am brand spanking new to taking the strap and I've never given it. And I don't actually know if that's something that I will do. Like, I just don't know y'all. I'm just, I'm just getting into it. So relax. Um, a lot of what I'm going to talk about is again, from friends who recommended things to me, um, or from resources that I found on the internet that I want to share with you. Um, so first let's talk about, uh, two toys for, um, the attachment or the dildo. The first one is for beginners. Um, there is something called the Tracy Cox Super Sex Strap-On and Pegging Kit, which came highly recommended. Um, this kit comes with two sizes of dildos, which are soft and silicone. And it also comes with a harness that has an adjustable O-ring diameter and a bullet vibrator. Um, the harness that it comes with also has a pocket that you can keep the, bu the bullet vibrator in. So you could just like whip that thing out and stick it on your partner's clit whenever you want to. Um, easy access. So yeah, that was the first thing that came highly recommended for beginners. For folks who mm, have some experience and want to take it to the next level, um, there is a toy called the Wet For Her Double-Headed Vibrating Dildo. Um, so Wet For Her is one of those brands that I was talking about that makes sex toys, especially for lesbians and vulva owners. And many of the reviewers describe this toy as a lesbian's strap fantasy. <laughs> Like it, everyone said they were squirting, they were just doing crazy shit. So this is the one y'all, um, it can be worn with underwear or, um, with a harness. Um, but it can also be worn as a strapless strap. So no harness. Um, and then that means that it gets inserted on both ends to both partners. Um, and that just sounds like a lot of fun. 
<laughs> Let's just be real. Um, so one thing that this uh, also features is a long um, G-spot shaft that mimics the shape of two fingers. So it's not um, it's not in the shape of a penis. It's in the shape of two long fingers that hit your clitoris on the inside just right. Um, and it also vibrates. So you can experience a few different levels to the pleasure. Um, and then lastly, something that is wonderful about this is that it is waterproof. Um, and I will leave your mind to wander um, on what that could mean and what kind of fun can be had. All right. Um, next, we're going to talk about two potential harnesses. Um, I hate when I'm like recording the podcast and I'm getting turned on and I'm like, damn, I need to go to the sex store and get myself figured out. <laughs> we're leaving this in too, by the way. <laughs> um, harnesses. So here I wanted to give some like you know, potential examples for like, you know, different like things that you might want to use it for. So of course there is the traditional nylon black adjustable harness, which is um, sturdy and a good place to start if you're just getting into wearing a strap. But again, finding the harness for you and your partner is a journey um, and owning your shit uh, is really important and feeling empowered. Like, yeah, you're fucking, you, you're given that shit. You got this. Um, so here I wanted to talk about some potential options for how you can own it. Um, and in doing research on harnesses, I found that there are leather harnesses, there's double buttocks, harnesses, corset, um, options and even like I talked about before the strapless strap um, which if you get the right one can also help to strengthen your pelvic floor so it's like you're like having sex and you're also working out with your pussy how amazing is that um I also think that wearing a harness can be really good for power play um which I feel like I've said enough times that I'm very into power play. So I have some potential harness uh, suggestions for people who identify as subs and um, another for people who uh, are a little bit more dummy. Um, so for all the baby girls looking for something cute, there is this harness called the Betty harness and it's pink and striped and it's smaller and it's just like so cute. It's really stylish and glamorous. It's adjustable um, by Velcro and um, it doesn't have the O-ring diameter so it can, it, um, it adjusts. So it can accommodate many different sizes of dildos and um, it's also made out of pure cotton so it's really comfortable. It kind of looks like really cute, like crotchless, assless underwear. So you could wear it all day if you're into that. 
um, and show up somewhere just ready to like fuck bitches. I don't know. Um, but it sounds like a good time. Um, and honestly, like I never really thought that I, I well, I, I knew that I wanted to take the strap and I wasn't sure if I wanted to give it until I saw this one and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. Um, and so, yeah, that might be for me. Very bratty sub. Um, for doms looking for something comfortable and sexy, um, the boxer brief is maybe something that you want to try. And I don't know what it is, but personally, um, for me, there's something just so sexy about the harness briefs. Like, it just communicates that I'm in control. I got this. I have experience. I know how to control the dick. And uh, I don't know. I'm into it. Um, for the briefs, you can get some that look like boxer briefs, boy shorts, and even some that have assless uh, backs so that you can get your ass eaten or played with while you're fucking someone, um, which is perfect for threesomes or other group activities. Um, a very sexy woman told me that one thing to consider is that the briefs have a bit more give than a traditional harness, so it may not be the best place to start. But once you're more comfortable, um, call me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but hopefully that was helpful. Um, and don't call me, but you can DM me on Instagram and tell me if you tried something and it like worked or even if it didn't, I'm into those stories and I love talking about it. So if you try something that you heard on the show, please let me know. And I'm gonna let you know, cause I'm going to be trying things um, myself after doing all that motherfucking research. So yeah. Um, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is um oh this is so cute okay so for all my uh baby girl subs out there um someone recommended this harness that's called the betty harness and it's just like a really cute soft like pink um harness that has a smaller um dildo attached to it and this toy is really good for I don't know if you're like <laughs> this toy is really good if you are like me and you're a little bit of a princess and so you still want to feel like very I don't know femme and soft and uh whatever like this harness is super cute it's small lightweight and um I haven't tried it but I've heard good things about it all right, we've come to the end of our show. I have giggled my way through this whole thing because I really just love pussy and I'm finding out even more and even deeper in the season of polyamory that I really just love pussy. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to Pussy. Thanks for being immaculate um, and just tasting so sweet and good. But 
on that note, the last thing I put in my story was, um, I don't think we talk enough about fingering. So (laughs) I asked people on Instagram to tell me what advice they have for, um, getting into fingering. If that's not something you're doing, if it's not something you're doing, I would ask myself why, And um, how soon you can get to the nearest pussy to finger it because it is amazing and you will love it. But here is what the people had to say. So one person said, it's not a race. Stop doing the shit that they do in pornos. And I think, right, and I think as of today, we have determined that porn is not necessarily the best education if you want to please someone who has a um, vagina. Um, Someone said, don't mix ass stuff with pussy stuff. You can do both, but keep the hands separate. Yeah, so just, you know, not mixing the fluids from two places. Um, Somebody else said, please, for the love of God, wash your hands first. And um, yeah, we appreciate you when you do this because it just helps us to, you know, keep our pH balance um, good. Somebody said, skin can be delicate for some slash tear easily. Doesn't mean you can't be intense. Just be mindful. Interesting. Yeah. And I don't know, when I'm being fingered, I feel like, I don't know, I like everything from just a what a one slow finger going in and out to like two fingers, like jackhammering the shit out of me. Um, and, but what I appreciate most is when someone makes sure that, you know, there's enough wetness that it still feels good. They check in with me. So I take communication away from that answer. Um, somebody else said, start with a little lube and take your time. Don't rush in there. And lube in general, I think, is a good thing. It's helpful. I would encourage you to go get your own lube and just, you know, pull up on people with your lube ready to go. (laughs) It's very sexy. And also you get the lube experience that you want. Um, Don't forget (laughs) to make sure that there is a lot of foreplay. Get her stimulated beforehand so that um, when you're ready for fingering, there is, you know, some wetness there. There's some excitement. There's some readiness, um, to get into things. I cannot. Um, and then somebody said, oh, that's crazy. Someone said, you better warm my pussy up before insertion. The fuck? So literally that's what I just said. Foreplay. Get that shit warmed up. Yeah. Anyway, um, someone said, please do not ignore the clitoris, which feels obvious, but it's not obvious for people, for everyone who is fingering. Um, yeah, the clitoris is a beautiful thing. Please, when you are fingering, I don't know, like try a thumb on the clitoris, um, especially anyway, I'm going to another place. Try a thumb on the clitoris. (laughs) try um 
yeah, a tongue even on the clitoris while you're fingering is really nice. Um, taking, oh, I love when people do this and people like stick a finger in just to feel all the wetness in there. And then they take it out and rub it all over the clitoris to make sure that the clit is wet too. Yeah. Don't ignore the clit, please. Um, and then someone said, be gentle. Literally someone said, be gentle. And then somebody else said, jackhammer my pussy so i think that just goes to show you that different pussies like different things when it comes to fingering so again communication check in with your partner something that i'm learning about exploring pussies is that like if it gets wetter keep doing that and if it doesn't get wetter or even if it gets dry especially stop doing that or try something different um yeah, and then last but not least, someone said being gentle is key, which again, I don't know if that works for everyone, but I think being in communication with your partner, uh, being in communication with their pussy and in tune with you know, the wetness and how it feels like is important. And also if you're on the other side of things, telling your partner what you want, because they may not know, but in any case, I hope that this is helpful to someone out there who is looking to explore vulva on vulva sex. So this has been a very interesting <laughs> episode a fun one um but I don't know I feel like I'm just starting to dip my toe into a lot of these things and I think it's important for me to like share some of my vulnerability and like discomfort because it's a real thing when it comes to um, sex. And a lot of times the first time you try something, it may not feel like this seamless, easy thing. And when it does, that's amazing. And when it doesn't, um, sometimes we just have to like, again, fight through the awkwardness or embrace the discomfort in order to better understand our bodies, our pleasure. And that's definitely where I am right now in my own journey and exploration. I'm looking forward to having better language, taking more ownership over things and figuring out what I like. And um, yeah, all about pussy. Love it. Thank you guys for listening. And we will see you again next time for Adult Happy Hour. Before we go, want to give a few shout outs. First, to our wonderful, dynamic, just illustrious, beautiful producer and sound engineer, Rihanna Simone, um, who is in the studio with us every week 
producing and making sure we sound good and making sure everything makes sense. Um, if you want to see more of her work, there'll be links to her social media in the description for our show. Um, and also, our theme song is produced by Rihanna, Natural Phenomenon, and features poetry by me and the beautiful, angelic, full voice that sounds like honey, Timbrielle. You can find her social media and links also in our description. And you can even find a link to Natural Phenomenon on Spotify if you'd like to hear the whole thing, which you do. So go give it a listen. (laughs) And one thing I love about Adult Happy Hour is we have a wonderful community of listeners. And this all started with an Instagram post, which led to weekly discussions, sharing resources, learning, and so much more. I get so excited when y'all see me in public and tell me you've come from something you've heard on the show, or when you DM me to tell me you did some kinky shit, and I want us to continue having moments like this. If you learned something tonight, or if you really just enjoy hearing us giggle, join us on Patreon, where you can hear behind-the-scenes shenanigans, hotels, and conversations that just get deeper and juicier. It also helps us to continue bringing you the content that you love, so follow the link in our bio and if you're not already following us on instagram what are you doing jk um you can find me at poetry and tings and we do adult happy hour in my story every single thursday i cannot wait to hear from you and thank you so much for supporting us